There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more. ¿Qué tal amigos? Mi nombre es Roman Rojas y Tremenda Vaina es el podcast donde te contamos cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro historias solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? En el último episodio de Tremenda Vaina te contamos de un muchacho en China que vendió una parte de su cuerpo para comprarse un iPad. ¿Será verdad? ¿Será mentira? Suscríbete en iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify o tu plataforma favorita. También nos puedes seguir en Twitter, Instagram o Facebook. All right, you guys, it's that time of the show where we interview someone amazing. You guessed it. I mean, it's the eighth season, so the amazingness is just getting more and more amazing. She's a singer-songwriter from the BX. Put your hands together at home right now or in your car, wherever you are. One time for Kim Vieira. Hi. Hey. Like a thing. We really like to do, I shouldn't say we, I like to really do big intros. Like we're on like the Arsenio Hall show or some shit. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> Welcome to Latinos Out Loud over Zoom. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. You guys, we have like a really important person here with us. So yes. uh, it's, it's nice to have you. I would love for you to just tell all the listeners a little bit about your career, you know, uh, you know, what you've, some of the things that you're proud of and where you are, and then we're going to interview the fuck out of you. <laughs> okay, yeah. sound good. Oh, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, but a little, you should. <laughs> all right. So, um, uh, my name is Kim Vieira. I am from the Bronx, New York. Also from many other areas as well, um, in New York as well. But um, I was born and raised in the music industry. Uh, my family, I'm born in a family of musicians. So my parents both grew up on the Latin side of the music industry. My dad had his production company and he has one of the largest Latin uh, production companies on the East Coast. Um, and self-started. And then my mom was a singer. She used to sing background for uh, Ruben Blades and Willie Colon. Uh, wow. Little. Ruben Blades as in Ruben Blades? Wow. Sorry. <laughs> as in like Mr. Panama. No, I, yes. I legit don't know. Is it Blades or Blades? It might be both. I think people that know him as an actor call him Ruben Blades. And yeah. people that know him as like a singer, they're like, Ruben Blades, you mean? It's smart on his behalf. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Yes, that was the white girl version of it. And... Um, <laughs> And then uh, I just kind of like always followed in my mom's steps. My mom's a singer. And so my career started off with just me um, meeting. So I had a friend of mine who was a producer and um, he really just believed in me and, and my voice and my talents. And he was like, hey, I really want to uh, teach you, link you with the right people to teach you how to songwrite and work on your project. And 
I flew out to LA and I worked with some really amazing people called the writing camp. Uh, one of my mentors, his name is DQ. And, uh, he basically took me under his wing for five years and uh, just taught me how to become a songwriter and develop me as an artist and as, you know, as a singer as well. And um, I just started doing stuff on my own. Eventually, I kind of worked my way off from 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 working with people as much as uh, as I was before. And then um, after that, I started writing on my own and I got a publishing deal with Sony ATV and Stellar. Um, wow. Yeah. And so that was really cool. Um, and I, that's when I actually wrote Como during that time. Um, I was taking a break from music for a little while. So I said, I'm going to take a year off because I kind of was hitting a wall. I was trying to get record deal after record deal and I could not, I, it was, just wasn't happening. And I think that at that time I just needed to kind of find myself. Um, so I did and I took a year for myself and I got like a little part-time job and I did music and I had fun again, which is a huge part of me becoming inspired when it comes to my music. I have to be having fun, otherwise I'm just like dead in the water. And um, yeah, so I wrote Goma, which was my my record with Daddy Yankee, me and my friend Corey Chorus, he's an amazing songwriter. And we were just like drinking beer and eating wings and at the studio. So I'd leave my job and I'd go work at the studio. And that's when we did some of the best records ever. And um, I was really proud of that. And literally that same year is when um, my A&R from Republic had heard my song with, uh, it wasn't with Yankee at the time, but it was just me on the record because Yankee jumped on later. Um, and he was like, I want to sign her. And I wasn't even looking for anything at that point. I was just having fun with music again. So, and then, so it goes after that, Yankee had heard it probably later on that year or a year after that. Cause that song I had had with me for at least two years before Yankee had heard it. And, uh, he heard it through a friend of mine, Ariel Gonzalez, who uh, was one of his stylists at the time. Um, and he heard it in a shoot. He loved it. And he was like, who is that? And um, my friend told him who I was. And he was like, do you want to jump on it? And he was like, yeah. And then after that, <laughs> I started putting out a lot more other music. And I had a record deal. Then I got a record with Pitbull. And it just started kind of snowballing after that. And uh, my career has just been a, a great experience, I would say. Like, it just, for me, it, it showed, like, I could do anything, you know? I think if, like, you're always, as long as you're having fun and you're putting in the work, you can accomplish anything you really want to. So I'm really proud of all the things that I've gone through because I've been in the music industry for, like, 10 years. That's wow. key. Can we go back to Como for a second? Um, so what was your inspiration behind that song? And and you mentioned something interesting. You were with that song for two years. Can you elaborate on that? Like, tell us what that means for us non-musical people. I think I know, but I'd like to hear more about the journey. Yeah. So Como, Como was written in the summer of 2017. And um, so it was probably like a year and a half, I want to say. Maybe not two years. A year and a half uh, before it actually came to fruition I want to say and what I mean by we had it for a long time was that we had already written it at least a year before it came out so that was from the summer of 2017 and we just kind of wanted to capture that summer love feel um when we were at the studio he had shown me because my friend Corey was like yo like I have this record that I started and I'd love for you to help me finish it because he had already started it and I was like yeah sure let me hear because we've been writing together for a while at least like two years I want to say and then 
I came to the studio, I heard it, and I was like, yo, this record is just does something to my spirit, and I just love it, and I was like, I'm down to finish writing it with you, and um, so we finished writing it, and then we recorded it, and funny enough, the record initially wasn't for me, we weren't writing it for me, we were just writing a record for another artist, um, and I remember after that, it was just one of those magical moments, like, we called the producer because I had never met the producer of the record. So he FaceTimes him and he listens back to what we just did. And he just lost his mind. And we were just dancing in the studio. Like, so what I mean, I sat with that record. Like I partied to that record before anyone had it. Like I would be walking to my job at the time with my headphones in and just jamming to my own record. Like, wow, this never stops making me feel good. Like always, like it always, it just makes me feel like me. It makes me. Oh my God. Like that me. happens to me with podcast episodes. I jam to them and I, <laughs> listen to them over and over again. I'm like, oh my yes. God, I really love the sound of my own voice. Like I could jam to this old yes. fucking thing. <laughs> You're so silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. Listen, artists, if you're not jamming to your own records at times, like you probably don't got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't listen to my songs all the time like that because I get sick of my own voice after a while. Oh, stop. I no, I do. But, um, but sometimes when I really like a record, I'm listening to that over and over. I don't care if I just sang it because there's been times where I've done records and I'm like, I, it doesn't even sound like me to me. So mm. I can, oh. I can listen to it over and over. I love that. Yeah. Kim, how's, how's it been working from, uh, with someone like Willie Colon and then uh, the polar opposite working with someone on, on a newer scale, like, like Daddy Yankee, how, how's that experience been? I cause so I actually I haven't worked with Willie. My mom used to work with Willie, uh, but I've known Willie since I was a little girl because like our families were close during wow. that time. Um, so like I grew up with his kids, um, so they were more just like I guess like family friends. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but so I didn't see him in that way as a child um, until I was an adult, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> it just didn't register to me. Willie. But, that's so right. great yeah me and uncle, willie we go to the park me and willie we play uncle willie that's uncle willie that can't be uncle willie. <laughs> it's, it's so willie funny. cologne bro that's great yeah it's so weird because I, I was surrounded by a lot of uh, big hitters at the time and to me they were just like my extended family obviously you grew up with music with your parents were they did they encourage you um to actually also pursue kind of the the family um kind of business of music or were they kind of like i don't know there's we you know there's there's a lot of ups and downs in this business yeah maybe you should try to find something else maybe like be a lawyer sweetheart please yeah. don't go down my road <laughs> that's actually my mom my mom was like that my my dad was all about it he's like do it mommy like do whatever you need to do like i want you to be happy and uh, accomplish your dreams and you know it's not that my mom didn't want me to accomplish my dreams but i think that my mom's a lot like way more conservative. So she's just like, I don't want you to have to like compromise yourself to get ahead at all. And I don't want you um, to experience like the dark side of like the music industry, because that's very much real. That's a, that's a very, very real thing. And so my mom was just worried about all that for me, you know, um, but she still supported me, even though she, she would have rather me gone to medical school. Um, <laughs> you could have been a singing doctor. You're going to be like, I have your x-rays here. Like, guess what? She making six figures, though. Let's go. Maybe even seven. So, <laughs> so you know. But oh, Jamie. Jamie. Right. 
You know what's funny? You were talking about an obstetrician earlier, and I was <laughs> I was dying because I'm like, yo, I wanted to be an obstetrician. No. Oh wow. Insane. I promise you. Specifically, what? an obstetrician. Wow. Get the vagina out of here! Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. I'm not. Holy kidding. shit. <laughs> So what was tell tell me about ops the the field of obstetrics that made you want to like I love babies and I love uh, I just think it's amazing what women are capable of and I love the whole idea of birth and like aiding in that moment um, and I don't know I just was like really intrigued by that for a long time and I was like mom maybe I might go to school. like before I chose music I was like maybe I might go to school be like an obstetrician or something she's like yes you should absolutely do that and then. And then in, in high school, I was like, you know, about that, I'm not trying to go to school forever. And my attention span ain't that long to be reading all this. So, <laughs> I can no, see you like, I can see you headlining a huge concert one day. And you know how there's always that talk before the song that the artist does. It's like, how y'all feeling tonight? Good? You know, I'm, I wasn't going to be here tonight because I was going to be looking at vaginas all day. And then <laughs> Or you know what? Or, you know, maybe like one of her concerts, someone is actually... Uh, about to deliver a baby and she's like no it's okay i almost i almost wanted to be an obstetrician so <laughs> i can help you and then the, hand the cameras oh, to the stage I'll, let's get I, the birth on video go I, <laughs> I can sing this baby out of you trust me <laughs> yes that's more like it now <laughs> just aid in singing around the, the actual childbirth I'm, oh, I'm, I'm actually combing through your bio right and it says that you sang for the at a young age you sang for the radio city's christmas spectacular real quick was is that as cool as it sounds i mean i was like uh yeah it was because i was like eight when i did that oh wow wow, wow. so Ooh. i did uh i was the voice of the little ballerina and it was like they were doing it in Spanish. So I had gone and uh, for the audition. And then after that, they had the Rockettes dance for me in person. And that was oh, like, wow. incredible as a child. I was like, <gasps> I, I was just losing my mind. And then we got to go to the studio like a few weeks after and record all the vocals and learn the songs. And it, I just had so much fun. To me, that was like it. So you were just kicking in with the Rockettes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jamie! <laughs> well, that's really a way to get a leg up in life. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't think I fully answered Franklin's question when he asked me because he was asking about <laughs> Yankees too. I don't think I finished. Oh. That. Oh, the difference I between the new school. Like I completely yeah. just went. We, we went well, let's go back to Yankee. Let's That's go juice. back. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to Yankee. <laughs> After Rockets. Chocolate what's chip going on his yeah. cheek. So cute. And what's that, Yankee? No, okay, sorry, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, working with Yankee was awesome. He was such a nice guy. He came. Uh, I remember when we decided to do the record, and he came to the label, and we met there that day. The first time we met was at my label, so he had come in. He had met with the presidents and um, then he came into the office with me and my a and and just listened to some of my music and was just really excited to work with me. And man, so it goes. Literally that same year, uh, a few months later, we were in Puerto Rico uh, doing the video for Como. Oh. And it was just so much fun. He was the nicest, most supportive person. Um, he was like, are you having fun? And he's like, you look great. Like, I'm so excited. The song is a banger. Like, he was just really supportive. And that was my first time meeting him. And it was just surreal because I'm like, yo, I, grow, I grew up listening to this man's music. I never in a million years thought that we would be working on a record together. And mm -hmm. I just remember being like, my mind was blown. That was probably one of the best days of my life. I'm not going to, I'm not even lying. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Easily. Kim, 
Oh, go you, ahead, Frank. You grew up around some heavy hitters, I hear. Um, how was it growing up? I heard you grew up around Celia, Tito, Puente, La India. How, how was that? Uh, as oh, a yeah. So, I mean, like, again, I wasn't really close with those people. For me, it was my family, my parents. They say it. So basically, I remember when I was a young kid, my dad was, it was first when Mark Anthony first came out. And uh, my dad was doing one of his shows. And my dad was very heavily involved in his, you know, in the, his process, him coming about as a huge artist. Um, I remember I was standing on the side of the stage. I didn't know who he was. This is when he was first popping off. And I'm standing on the side of the stage. He's singing. Like, I was just always at these, con these people's concerts. Wow. And it's just, it was nothing to me because I didn't know. My dad would explain to me who these people were. And I just remember watching them at sing and just being like, wow, like, that's what an amazing feeling. And they sound amazing. And I always wanted to be like them. So it, they really inspired me to like practice a lot as a kid and to um, just realize that anything is, is available to you if you just work hard enough for it. So. And like, I love talking to you about all these artists that we're fans of. So all these music, musical artists have been orbiting your life for so long. But what about those artists that are not within reach? Like, who do you aspire to work with in the future? Is there anybody on your dream list? Uh, yeah, you know, that's a good question. I've, I've kind of gone back and forth with so many different artists that I love. Um, one of my favorite artists, I guess on the Latin side of things would be, um, I really wanted to work with J Balvin at some point. Um, I really love his music. I love what he, uh, how he kind of always aspires to be great and different. Um, and Rosalia, I love her music. Like she mm. just stands out from the rest. And I'm, I'm huge on, uh, especially as a singer, um, and I, I'm huge on versatility and the way she uses her voice. It's just different from what I've heard from a lot of different artists. So I'd hope to work with her someday too. Um, probably on the American side of things, I really love uh, Khalid. Khalid is amazing. Um, his music is just like, I got a special place in my heart for like pop R&B. And um, so he kind of fills that space. And, and Sia is a huge um, oh my God, inspiration love. of mine. Yeah. I love her as a songwriter. Her voice is just incredible. And um, yeah, I've always wanted to work with her. Now you, and so as a songwriter, you actually, you, you, you're, some of your, according to your bio, your, some of your earlier co-writes included tracks by Lil Wayne mm -hmm. and Sam Bailey, The Somerset. So is that another skill set of yours where you can just write a song and tailor it for another artist? Is that something that you're very, that you're, you, you feel that that's like, a big strength of yours that you can be like, I got this song, but it's probably not, probably not my song, but I think somebody can make this a hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I learned that as a tool, as a songwriter, when I was kind of taking those years to learn my craft and um, try and get better. And, and there'd be songs that I feel like this is great, but it not, it doesn't necessarily represent me as an artist. And I think that I could find a home for this song with somebody else who could, who it does represent as an artist and can connect with that song and can actually sell it better than I could. You know, I mean, there's lots of different songs, like those songs that you were talking about. The funny thing was the Little Wayne record, that was a record that was mine at first. And that was for me. And that was during the time that I was developing as an artist. And um, I remember I was in the studio with my mentor and um, Christina Million came into the studio that day to just hang out and she was, yeah, just chilling. And um, 
I remember she heard the record. She was like, oh, play me what you guys are working on. So we played it for her and she was like, this record is so crazy. And that was during the time, I think right before or right during the time she started dating Wayne. And so it went from a few months later, we didn't hear anything about it. Um, and I kind of wasn't putting anything out at the time. I was just kind of developing my sound and figuring out what I wanted to do. I heard a few, probably, I don't know, even a few months later, maybe a year, a year, a year and a half later, um, she hit up my mentor and said, hey, like that song that you guys did a long time ago, I want to put it on my project. So he hit me up and he was like, yo, Christina wants to put it on her record. Are you okay giving it to her? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Let her have it. So it went from my record to her record to his record. Wow, um, ping-ponging your song. Yeah, it was on the Carter Five originally as his single off the Carter Five. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, so they had it as a duet. So it became his record featuring Christina. And oh, wow. they performed it, I think it was for the Video Music Awards for the VMAs. And that was his single off Carter Five right before he had that beef with uh, Birdman. And then that whole project just went to like, it just just disappeared after that whole beef literally the day oh, like man. the day or two after that happened no shit and i remember seeing everything <laughs> live on twitter and just being like no no i was so upset i was wow. so upset because then yeah. he came out with carter five later a uh, carter five again later but it was a completely new project but the original carter five he put out was a different project and that was the single i had the single off of that Wow. So it was, it was, it talk about the music industry is just a roller coaster of emotions. You're like hype one second and the next is like, no, not so fast. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, well, Kim, yeah. Kim, I, I just want to wrap this interview um, with yeah. uh, an important question because you're teaching us a lot and all the listeners about the industry, but there may be some young women out there or young men or however you identify out there um, who are aspiring singers and songwriters. So given your experience, what's some advice that you have for them? Yeah. So I would say if you're serious about becoming a, a really great songwriter or even an artist, constantly work on your craft a little bit every day. Um, you're going to go through times where you write things that are not great, that they pretty much suck, to be honest. And that's okay. That's a part of getting better. That's a part of, sometimes I always say you got to get the crap out first before you get to the good part. And um, I'm a huge believer in just continuously listening to music that inspires you and, and understanding and, and studying it, um, learning about you know, what is it that this person does that I really love their music? Is it their lyrics? Is it how they're connecting with us? Is it how they're writing as if they speak? Is it the production? Like, what is about it that I love? What is it about it? So just practicing your craft and studying it and continuously doing it a little bit every day, even if it's not good. Um, Because I find that just practice makes perfect and, um, and surrounding yourself with people who are always better than you at that craft. It's really going to help you get better because you do not want to be in the same room as people who aren't. I've learned that the, I've learned that, you know, I was the worst songwriter or maybe not even capable in the room. And I learned so much from people who were so much better than me. And I took from them and I learned from them and I got better and I started doing things on my own. So if you have that opportunity to be in a room with people who are better than you at that craft, get yourself around them and learn from them. 
great advice. You guys, singer, songstress, Kim Vieira, one time. Thank you so much, girl. <laughs> and and let people know where they can find you and your music, please. Yes, so you can look for me on Spotify, iTunes, um, everywhere, basically. I'm on all streaming platforms. And you can follow me on Instagram at Kim Vieira. Um, one last request. Sorry, this is the PS of the letter. Could you just, I don't know, drop a note? Is that what the cool kids say? What do they say to singers? Like, could you lay a line? I don't know what to say. Could you sing us out? Can you give us something? Bust a, Maybe bust the groove. Do they, do they say bust the groove? That's what they say. Could you bust the groove for Latinos out loud, real quick? Sure. What do you want me to say? I don't know, Jamie. What should she say? You're a head writer. I um. Oh man, I don't know. Maybe something from the Pitch Perfect Three soundtrack. Because I know you did a song. <laughs> I know you did a song. <laughs> that, five the... seconds asking me that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I just see it now. I'm like, wait, Pitch Perfect Three soundtrack. Hello. Yeah, yeah of course. Shout out to that song. I think it's called Tribe. Maybe yes. something from Tribe, like a little line from that. Acapella, <laughs> acapella style. Uh. Yeah, sure. I'm trying to remember. It's been so long. Why are you putting me on the spot like that? Sorry. I got you on the musical accompaniment. That song, that song is about, you don't have to do that song. That song is about acapella, so that's why I thought it'd be. Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> okay. All right. You want it from that song? No, it, any song. Any song. Or Como. Which one? You take Como. Do Como. Because you know what? It'll be a bookend. Because we, we started talking about Como. And it's Frank's, it. it's Frank's favorite word. Como. Yep. Como. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, you wanna come round my wave like the ocean? You wanna kiss on my skin like the sun? Show me the love. You wanna love me right now to forever? Just don't talk, baby. You've gotta show. Show me the love. Kim Vieira, people. Wow. What are you kidding me right now? What are you? Wow. <laughs> that was so beautiful. I never experienced so much emotion in a Zoom room before. <laughs> wow. That was intense. Breathtaking yeah. on Zoom. Imagine live, people. Imagine. <laughs> Oof. Kim, thank you so much. <laughs> well, let us know where you're performing, when people are performing again, and we Definitely. will support you and be there in the front row um, with lighters in our hands and tears in our eyes. Congrats on all your success. Thank and seguimos. Uh, thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. Love you guys. There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota toyota.com slash hybrid or your local toyota dealership to learn more london stock exchange group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner where open isn't just a platform but a philosophy giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world lsec open makes more possible